This is A Fresh Agenda. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity and generate your deepest work. Here's your host, Christina Mendonza. This is A Fresh Agenda, where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonza. Welcome to this tiny spot in the podcast universe. Glad to have you here for a while. This podcast is about having some deeper and more positive conversations on topics of creativity and motivation to explore how people create or build businesses or innovate in their industries. And this is number... 80 today, episode number 80. And today it's going to be a little bit different in terms of the format with the coronavirus pandemic going on. Now, as I record this, we're about uh, two and a half weeks or so into the stay at home orders. Uh, In my house, we have both of our adult daughters at home. The oldest was visiting us from Australia. She was only supposed to be here a week. She landed. Uh, I think we went to dinner. This is early March now. We went to the wine country the next day. And then everything shut down and it, it happened like within hours and then Australia closed their borders so she couldn't get back. The speed with how things changed in our lives was stunning. And then a few days later, our youngest came home from college to ride things out with us. So it's just been weird to have all four of us at home again, just months after my husband and I had settled into empty nesthood. Just last year, I was having a moment where I was sad. I was telling my husband, we'll never have both the girls with us, have the nightly ritual of sitting down to dinner as a family. I was really mourning the end of our child-rearing years. And then global events just smacked us all upside the head, and we're now spending a lot more time with family. We all have our lives on hold. And now the numbers of people that are getting sick and dying uh, are so sad. But one of the small small slivers of positivity is that we have not spent this much time as a family together in years. And I bet that is the case for many of you. Uh, Maybe since your kids were small, I'm betting many of you are experiencing uh, this similar feeling and just grateful to have your family together at a time like this. Well, today's podcast is a conversation between three reporters, three storytellers. We're all in different parts of the country seeing some of the same things and some very different things. We released this conversation on video, but I wanted to put this out as a podcast as so many people are doing a lot of audio listening these days. One of the friends you're about to hear from actually suggested this, and I thought it was a great idea. Before our conversation, a word about a company that is growing the online education movement, especially when it comes to compliance and mandatory training. MyCECourse.com. It is a multimedia education option for state compliance, professional growth, and engagement. The courses are deep dives into specialized subjects while meeting all curriculum and legal requirements. The custom LMS platform allows certification with the nation's most respected HR, legal, and state insurance agencies. With a team of attorneys, insurance professionals, and award-winning broadcast personalities, we make continuing education both informative and interesting. With relatable, reliable, and targeted storytelling. We just finished an educational documentary on sex trafficking that's been picked up by several trade groups, and our documentary on sexual harassment was just endorsed by the California Dental Board. It's education that is relevant and compliant. It is mycecourse.com. 
Okay, now to the conversation I had with my reporter friends. Will Frampton is in Boston. He is the founder of McLeod Media. We work together quite a bit on projects as I have my own creative marketing firm in Donsa Media. We've collaborated on so many things, and we actually met when both of us worked for an ABC station. Will also worked at several other stations around the country, including WCBB in Atlanta. Will introduce me to the third voice you're going to hear, Robert Ray. Robert worked for Fox News, Al Jazeera, and the Associated Press. He is based in Atlanta, but was recently in New Orleans, which is an area of the country that is surging in coronavirus cases now. Here's our conversation on what we're seeing this week in the pandemic. Hi, everybody. Will Frampton here in Boston. I hope you're doing well wherever you are. Gosh, what a week. What a couple of weeks it's been now for pretty much all of us across the country. We're getting hit with new news items, new developments in this COVID-19 corona crisis. It's impacting pretty much all of us, no matter where we live. And I've been talking with some colleagues of mine who are in the broadcasting business, and we've decided that sort of a storyteller's notebook uh, from our perspectives, where we are around the country, would be a great way to sort of process all this, figure out what we're, what we're all going through and how we're viewing it from where we are. So a couple of friends of mine we're going to get to starting first with Robert Ray in Atlanta. Robert, go ahead. What, what are you seeing where you are? Will, thanks for having me here. Yep, I'm in Atlanta. I just got back from New Orleans, and I want to tell you a lot about that. Uh, and the situation here in Atlanta is as dire as it is anywhere else across the country. Uh, neighborhoods and the city are on lockdown. People are not supposed to go out. Uh, but uh, Christina, out in Sacramento, what are you seeing? Well, we were ground zero of some of the first infections here in the country, and we're still dealing with the crush of, uh, of new infections here in California now. We have over 5,000 infections, over 100 people dead, and we've been told that uh, this week is the week we are really bracing for in terms of hospitalizations. We'll talk more about that. Will? Thank you, Christina. Uh, certainly, all this news developing, again, just by the hour, and there's so much for all of us to process. I want to take sort of a, as much of a nuanced look at it as we can, rising as much as we can above just the, the stats that are really hitting us in the face all the time, it seems like. Robert, let's go back to you. Help us understand what you've seen in Atlanta, and you were also just in Louisiana recently. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, most importantly is, is New Orleans and Louisiana. I, I arrived there on Sunday. I just got back on Friday night uh, for a couple down days. And by the way, you know, as we know, New Orleans is a hot zone right now. So I'm being uh, super protective around my family right now. I'm actually staying in our basement uh, to try and stay away from the kids. Uh, and, and my wife uh, so that they don't get it if indeed uh, I have contracted it, which I have not. Uh, so I feel really good right now. But yeah, just got back from New Orleans and the deal is there is the, the cases are on the rise. Uh, the death toll is the highest per capita uh, in the nation in that town. And you know, a, a place where revelers usually are walking around, a fun place, a lively place, it is completely a ghost town right now. Uh, the, most of the residents there are abiding by what the mayor and the governor has said, which is, you know, lockdown. You guys, after 5 p.m., we don't want to see you out. If you need to go get essentials, go for it. But one of the biggest issues in New Orleans right now is the PPEs, the personal protective equipment that the nurses and the doctors and the medical facilities need. Um, that is a huge
huge problem. They've run out of many of those. And as, as a matter of fact, uh, mayor, uh, uh, the mayor of New Orleans just announced today that uh, coming up this week, there will be uh, drive up spots where medical workers can come and pick up those PPEs. So good news on that front. But the bad news is right now is that the cases continue to rise. And, and of course, you know, that is expected because as more people get tested, the odds are more people will have this. Now, we just hope the death rate flattens out. That's the most important thing. But, but as we speak today, New Orleans is, is a hotbed com comparable to New York, not with the same numbers because it's a much smaller town, uh, but um, a really intense situation there, Will. Christina, um, th thank you, Robert. Uh, Christina, I want to go to you now. Um, again, California, the West Coast in general was the first wave of all of this. And you anchor a morning radio show uh, in drive time. A lot of people hear what you're reporting every day. Uh, your news out there is different from the rest of us as it relates to this. But I want to try to find some silver lining here, perhaps. First of all, get us up to speed on what you're seeing there in Sacramento and on the West Coast. Well, you know, we, as reporters, we're all trying to, and, and professionals, we're trying to protect ourselves as we tell the story. So from the professional perspective, yes, we are the hot zone right now. Um, it is, you know, all over the country, but we're just seeing the surge here in uh, California, particularly. The PPEs, as Rob suggested, are short supply here as well. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people trying to scrounge around and find them, make them if they can, if they have 3D printers or, or small manufacturing capabilities to try to help out that way. Um, in terms of the order to stay inside, in California, the weather has been pretty nice recently, and people have been out and about way too much for the governor's liking. So we had a soft closure uh, just this week of all of the state uh, parks trying to keep people from congregating in parking lots of those areas. Uh, again, we're seeing our numbers of infection go up as testing becomes more readily available. On the personal side, as uh, reporters in California and throughout the country, we're trying to keep ourselves protected, as Rob said, sleeping in the basement so that um, he makes sure to have some separation from his family. At our studios, uh, we have basically sent most staff home with their own in-home studios. I have one set up and ready to go if need be, but right now it's just myself and three other people that are at the station each day uh, trying to get the news out. And we go there because we have separate control rooms where we can be inside and be separated from each other and also disinfect. So there's a lot of things to consider as a professionals trying to cover this story and a lot of things to consider as well um, in these surges because getting this equipment into the state has been so difficult because it's not available anywhere because everyone needs it. I do want to follow up on one thing, though, and you told me this before we began recording this, Christina. And yes, the surge is perhaps coming this week for you all out there in terms of cases. Doesn't that imply, though, that they think and perhaps hope that this is the worst of it, that maybe from here we can start seeing a decline and some light at the end of the tunnel, perhaps? Absolutely. So we were told that uh, from the, those that are monitoring it in the state that uh, this week, and next week will be the big surge in California. This is when we're going to see our infections go up. Uh, but because we have this stay-at-home order, we're hoping to be able to flatten the curve after that and have things smooth out a little bit. Okay. Well, um, again, lots of information. We're just trying to process it one day at a time, all of us. Um, coming back here to Boston, I'll, I'll, I'll 
explain what I'm seeing from a sort of small business owner perspective. I, I was in broadcasting like Robert and Christina for a number of years, 15 years. I've since started my own production company full time. So I'm a small business owner now officially. I've been talking to other entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and small business owners like myself. The general feeling is that we can, if we all just sort of assume that April is gonna be sort of just, just go ahead and write it off, forget about April. Let's get through April, everybody stay indoors as much as possible then hopefully May starts to look a little bit different as the weather warms up. But in terms of small businesses and what they can really take on and handle, it seems like people I've talked to say about another three to four to five weeks is realistically what they can do in terms of digging into their savings and just making ends meet uh, for the time being until we can start to have public gatherings again and meetings and events and things that generate uh, business for small businesses. Gosh, I was talking with one restaurant owner. He says he's losing now sixty to seventy thousand dollars a month, or that is what he will lose. Um, but he has a plan to sort of get through that. Of course, he's doing takeout and carryout orders now for his customers. As are many restaurants, we should all be supporting these restaurants as much as we can. Um, that movement is certainly on. I'm looking at this as a small business owner with a sense of optimism and hope that we get to May and things start to look a little bit differently. With that in mind, I do want to talk about one good thing we've all seen this week. And there are good things happening around us. And let's not forget that. Uh, humanity is shining through all this. There's a sense of we're all in this together. So Robert, I want to get back to you. In New Orleans, you saw some good things, even in the midst of all the crazy. What did you see there that sort of gave you hope? Yeah, you know, there is a lot of, of hope that I saw. I mean, first of all, I, I cannot emphasize enough the, the doctors and the nurses and uh, medical staff that are out there that are trying to keep up their spirits because they have to do that for the patients. Um, they can't let their guard down and they are an inspiration in general. Not to mention police officers, fire department, ambulance drivers. Uh, I mean, all these people are just so important. But then if you spread all that out and you really look at everyone else who is on the front lines, for example, teachers. Teachers, I, I witnessed so many different folks trying to, to inspire kids and keep them active, keep their minds moving, and, and reassure the parents that, you know what, education will continue even through this terrible time that, that we're all going through. And then another thing, guys, if you, if you consider hotel workers, people that work at uh, grocery stores, these are all unsung heroes that are trying to keep the economy moving and, and also trying, trying to just you know, make a living for themselves. I mean, these are, are, are periods where uh, the amount of people I spoke to in, in New Orleans that, that have negative checking accounts already is astounding. I mean, think about it, a place like New Orleans Orleans. Not a big city uh, per se, but an international city where people come in to see the architecture, to, to witness the culture, the arts. Um, it is based upon tourism and most of the people that live in that town have something to do with tourism. Well, there are a lot of jobs now and, and you know what? They're out of money. Um, so so that, that is a, a very uh, dire situation for many. But I got to tell you, throughout all that, most of the people, their spirits are up and they're trying to do their best. You know, folks down there have been through a ton already. Oil spills, hurricanes, you name it, flooding. They know what disaster is. This is a different sort of disaster. Uh, but, but I will say that when you look at the human, humanity and the human spirit in a town like that right now, it, it's something I think we should all take a hard look at and feel good about, guys.
Rob, you're absolutely right. Out here in California, we're seeing the same kind of humanity and, and people helping each other. We did a, a talk back with a bunch of truckers the other day on the, on the morning radio show, and all of them are working 16, 18 hours a day trying to get this food to grocery stores. They express their gratitude. They're, they're humbled by how much people are calling them heroes and you know applause sometimes when they show up at some of these stores with these supplies. So they're feeling a newfound sense of pride and and gratitude. I spoke to small business owners as well, and, and one of them was a gentleman opening a cafe on the very day that the governor ordered all of the restaurants closed. He had been working for 18 months to put this cafe together. And still, the hires that he made, he's keeping them on as long as he can. He understands these people have families of their own. They're doing as much takeout as they can. Uh, so, and, and his landlord is working with him on some flexibility. So I think that also is touching. And in your point to the teachers, uh, my husband is a teacher. He's a sixth grade science teacher. And I've watched him produce videos teaching his kids how to make hand sanitizer at home or, or cocoa butter bars at home or plant a garden, um, trying to keep his students' spirits up. He's even started a hashtag, um, one day closer, and telling his kids, we're one day closer to you seeing your grandparents again, to you being out with your friends, to you playing your sports. And just watching him in my own household has given me inspiration. And, and teachers uh, out there, especially if you're a science teacher, if you have gloves in your classroom, in your laboratories, or goggles that hospital workers might be able to use, you should talk to your principal about perhaps donating them. That's what they did at my husband's school. And uh, they were very much appreciated by local hospital staff. So there are good people out here trying to help each other as much as they can, and we will all get through this together. Will? Christina, that, those are wonderful stories, Robert. Also, uh, we, we can find inspiration and hope through all of this, and I, I'm choosing to look for that as well. And just in my neighborhood, to share a quick story here, uh, a few days ago this week, uh, the, the good thing that I saw was my neighbors put together a canned goods uh, food drive for the local food pantry. They went around the block, the circle, there's roughly 35 homes here. Uh, you're seeing video of that right now. They were expecting a few people, maybe, uh, I don't know, half the houses to leave out a few canned goods. I was with them and I can tell you basically every house had at least uh, a grocery bag full of canned goods and food items ready to be taken to the food pantry. Uh, food pantries everywhere are going to need our support and it was impressive and hopeful to see how many people quickly rallied to that cause here in my neighborhood. That's probably happening all over the country and we need to remember that, that the humanity of all this will shine through. So. All this goes to say is that myself and Robert and Christina, we are all looking for the good in all this. We're also very realistic and pragmatic about what we're seeing. We will do our best to bring that to you uh, in the coming weeks as we all try and get through this. We'll let uh, Robert and Christina say goodbye. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, thanks for this opportunity. And, you know, I'm a ground reporter. Uh, it's what I do. I I've covered disasters for 20 years. I've covered war. Um, and I got to tell you, the most important thing for everybody right now is to keep your chin up and know that there's an end game to all of this right now. And we'll, get, we'll all get through this. Uh, it's just, uh, just going to take some time. 
Well said, Robert. I happen to be a little bit of both of each of you. I'm still a reporter and anchor, very much involved in the media, but also a small business owner with my own creative services agency as well. So I would urge the small business owners, hang in there. You are the backbone of the country and you will be helped with the stimulus package and uh, with the generosity and, and the uh, goodwill of customers who will come back to you. Um, I would say that. And in terms of all the media people out there, there uh, in radio or television or digital. Take care of yourself too to be able to do your job and bring the information that your viewers and listeners need. You need to stay healthy yourself. Will. Thanks Christina. Robert. Christina, thanks to both of you for joining me and the rest of our friends and and viewers out there, our network of uh, friends and family and colleagues we have across the country. Uh, we hope that we've brought you some perspective and maybe some good news uh, to to watch this day. We will be here as much as we can, bringing you good stories when we find them. For now, I'm Will Frampton in Boston. For Robert in Atlanta and Christina in Sacramento, thanks for joining us. Remember, we're all in this together. We'll talk to you soon and we'll hopefully see you soon. Take care. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Will Frampton and Robert Ray. We may be doing more of these as well as the first one that we put out on video got great response. Sometimes it's helpful to get a perspective beyond your own area. Hearing what's happening in New Orleans and Atlanta and Boston, as well as what I'm experiencing in California, gives a much more comprehensive look at what's happening beyond the headlines. We want to thank you again so much for being here. Don't forget your mandatory training needs. Check out mycecourse.com. It's already the training company of preference for many government agencies and companies. And don't miss the KFBK Morning News, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Sam Shane and me, we're just two journalists with about six decades of news experience between us talking about news with you. It's a very different morning news program's perspective, depth, analysis, and fun. And if you're in Sacramento, it's at 93.1 FM or 1530 AM, or you can get us anywhere in the world on your iHeart Radio app under KFBK. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone stay healthy. I'm Christina Mendonca. This has been a fresh agenda. Let's stay connected. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity. This is a fresh agenda.